Foreign Relations Business Meeting will come to order. Um, I know we have a lot of people that are interested here, and we thank you for coming. And uh, if you would, um, we all consider it a huge privilege to play the roles that we play on behalf of our country um, and our states. And it's a privilege for all of us to participate in democracy in this way. And hope everyone will um, keep their thoughts to themselves and the audience. But we thank you so much uh, uh, for being here today and, and, and being a part of this. We really do. Confirmation of Secretary of State is always one of this committee's most important responsibilities. At the core of the nominations process is the question of whether the nominee is qualified to undertake the duties for which he or she is nominated. I personally have no doubt that Rex Tillerson is well qualified. He's managed the world's eighth largest company by revenue with over 75,000 employees. Diplomacy has been a critical component of his positions in the past, and he has shown himself to be an exceptionally able and successful negotiator who has maintained deep relationships around the world. The other absolute standard we apply to each of these nominees who come before us is to ensure that they have no conflicts of interest related to their position. The nonpartisan director of Office of Government Ethics recently stated that Mr. Tillerson is making a clean break from Exxon and is free of these conflicts. He's even gone, gone so far to say that Tillerson's ethics agreement serves as a sterling model for what we'd like to see with other nominees. He clearly recognizes that public service sometimes comes at a cost. I believe inquiries into Mr. Tillerson's nominations have been fair and exhaustive. His hearing lasted over eight hours, and he's responded to over 1,000 questions for the record. I'm proud of the bipartisan process, which is keeping in tradition of this committee, uh, that we pursued this regarding his nomination. And um, I think that while our opinions and votes today may differ, that the process has been very sound. With that, I'd like to recognize the distinguished ranking member for his comments, Senator Cardin. Well, Mr. Chairman, uh, as I've said during the hearings, and I repeat again, I want to thank you for the fairness in which you have allowed these confirmation hearings to go forward and the ability of our members uh, to be able to uh, question Mr. Tillerson and uh, to ad ask additional questions. And I thank you for your fairness, including uh, the ability we had to schedule uh, today's uh, business session. A, a couple of preliminaries, if I might. First, uh, I want just the record to note that there are severe weather conditions throughout the country, which are preventing some of our members from personally being here. Uh, for example, Senator Murphy uh, had planned to be here by now. His flight was canceled. He's on a train heading towards Washington as we speak and will not be able to get here for a couple more hours. So I just really point that out, that we've had members who wanted to be, to be physically present, but because of the weather conditions, they're not going to be able to. And we're trying to work out accommodations in our committee where we can keep, I hope, the record open so that they can, they can change their proxy vote to their, their vote in person uh, later on uh, as long as they get here by this evening. A couple other points I, I want to bring out, and one is that there was just a, 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 um, an honest disagreement between the chairman and the ranking member as to whether a nominee for Secretary of State, and I would also add for UN Ambassador, should be required to make available uh, uh, to our committee uh, three-year tax returns. They, they all agreed to make them available. The question is whether we should ask them to see those tax returns. And, and I accept that there's a different view between the chairman and ranking member on this issue. And the precedent of our committee in the past is not to physically request those, uh, those tax returns. Uh, and Mr. Chairman, I, I respect that and agree that that should be done in, in, in regular order. And I just will ask at a time when it's appropriate that we look at our rules as to whether we should be requiring moving forward beyond Mr. Tillerson, beyond Governor Haley, in the future if there be a vacancy in Secretary of State or the United Nations Ambassador, whether there should be an ability for us to, to ask for those tax returns in, in, moving forward. And I would ask that that opportunity be given to us to take it up as a committee as to whether that is the appropriate way or not. And then I, I must tell you that members of this committee have asked questions for the record of Mr. Tillerson, 
and I've looked at some of those responses, and they're not responsive to the questions that were asked. Now, in some cases, it's challenging when you have a change in administration and there's, there's not a clarity as to what the president's looking for on foreign policy to get a nominee to give us uh, a, a clear answer to those questions. In other cases, uh, the information requested was pretty straightforward. So we are not asking for any delay in today's vote, but I would ask uh, help, and I, there's no need to respond right now, uh, that we will have a chance before this nominee's uh, vote is on the floor of the United States Senate to try to get further clarification of those answers. And I, I'm going to work with the, with the chairman because these requests, I think, are reasonable. I think chairman will agree with us. We're going to try to work that out so that we can get those answers before the vote on the floor. And in that case, I think we could shorten the time period on the floor for the consideration. Otherwise, it may take a little bit longer because we may want to go into some of those issues on the floor of the Senate. So having said all that, uh, let me proceed with the merits of Mr. Tillerson and, and the nomination of Mr. Tillerson. Uh, Mr. Tillerson is certainly sincere and wanting to serve his country, and that I very much admire. He's certainly a very talented individual who has negotiating skills that are important for a person who would become a Secretary of State, and I acknowledge that. He also uh, indicated during the hearing a couple points I thought was useful, that the United States should be at the table during the climate debates, uh, that um, it would be uh, important to comply with our current laws as it relates to Magnitsky. But what gives me the greatest concern, the reason that I cannot support him, uh, his nomination for Secretary of State, what gives me the greatest pause is that I don't believe his business background and his responses to the questions that we asked him directly about his support for sanctions or how he would evaluate sanctions moving forward or how he would deal with contingencies on, uh, on uh, development assistance uh, as it relates to human rights and good governance. And so many times he qualified that, that he sounded like a business person rather than a person who wanted to be Secretary of State. And I did not see that commitment to be the advocate globally for human rights and good governance that I would like to see in the Secretary of State. So that was, I think, the greatest concern I have. And when I make it specific to Russia, the questions that were asked about how he would continue sanctions against Russia and support bipartisan legislation that would strengthen those sanctions, I didn't get a comfort level that it would be based upon Russia's conduct against the United States, their attacks against us, uh, where we shouldn't, and the fact that they are still violating uh, Ukraine's sovereignty, uh, it seemed like he was wanting to consider other issues that may compromise U.S. global leadership in standing up to Russia. That concerned me. And when you put on top of that the clarity issues, and I, th I think this was a very important point. And I contrast that to Governor Haley's response on questions such as Russia's participation in atrocities in Syria. When we asked, would that be elevated to war crimes, Mr. Tillerson was not clear at all. Governor Haley was very clear about that. Or when I asked Mr. Tillerson about the, Russia, about the conduct of the President of the Philippines in extrajudicial killings, which was pretty clear, and he wouldn't characterize that as gross violations of human rights. Uh, that caused me serious concern. So let me just amplify that a little bit further in another question that was asked. Mr. Tillerson responded to a question in regards to opening up business relationships with Cuba, that that would be helping to finance uh, a repressive regime. And he was pretty clear about his concerns about business with Cuba being supportive of a repressive regime. But he showed no sensitivity that ExxonMobil's business interest in Russia was helping to finance the Putin regime or other repressive regimes. And one last point on this issue concerning Russia, which had me concerned about Mr. Tillerson, 
and that is his potential conflicts. He indicated that he would recuse himself in dealing with anything concerning ExxonMobil for a one-year period, and he would consider going beyond that if the ethics officer said that there was a problem, legally if there was a problem. Well, quite frankly, I think there's a problem of Mr. Tillerson dealing with anything involving ExxonMobil for the entire time that he would be in public service as Secretary of State. And he was not clear at all about recusing himself uh, beyond that one-year period. So, Mr. Chairman, for all those reasons, I don't think I can, I will not support his nomination. I want to mention one last point, if I might. And that is, the Secretary of State is our principal soft power leader in this country. On several of the questions we asked him about current world events, he was quick to point out that he would recommend the use of military, additional force, rather than leading with diplomacy. Uh, one example was in the South China Sea, where he said we should be more, uh, more I guess, military, whereas in my view, the Secretary of State should be leading with more diplomacy. And I found it disturbing that that seemed to be not his first reaction, and we certainly would want him to do that as Secretary of State. For, for all those reasons, uh, I will be voting against Mr. Tillerson's confirmation. I wonder if we could do this. We've got a number of members here that have other things to do. I'm willing to stay and keep the record open for people to speak, and I'm going to stay here so that people who are coming in late can vote in person and not by proxy. Okay, I'm, I'm more than glad to do that, uh, at least to 515, to make sure that people are just not voting by proxy. I wonder if uh, there have been any objection to us voting and letting those who, who don't want to stay and make comments leave. Others will be coming in. We're going to keep the vote open. But those who wish to make comments could then stay. Others who do not wish to make comments um, um, could go ahead and leave. Is there any objection to that? Let me just ask my, uh, I, I was not aware. I, I don't know if some of my members would like to make their comments before the vote is open, if, if, if members have that right to do that. Uh, I think Senator Menendez would. Is there any other member who wants to be heard before we start the vote? I would ask Senator Menendez be. Okay, let me just uh, uh, say one other thing. I, Senator Markey. Okay. Uh, you sure we can't have a rolling vote where those who don't wish to necessarily hear the comments could go ahead and vote and leave? Is there any real objection to that? I regret that they don't want to hear the comments, Mr. Chairman. Okay. But, uh, I'd like to have my reasons before I vote, not in the aftermath of a vote. Okay. I apologize to the other members who uh, um, are here and ready to vote. Let me just, uh, if I could, I mean, we're, we're accommodating folks who are traveling and we're, we're glad to do so. Um, if we could keep our comments brief and then if you want to expand further after people have voted, that would be great. I would like to say that what we're doing as it relates to tax returns is exactly what we're doing, what we've done for 10 years on this committee. 10 years. So we created Secretary Kerry, Secretary Clinton exactly in the same fashion. Um, so I just, I just, I know that, you know, we did the nuclear option, so now all of a sudden it just takes 51 votes. Um, that was a big mistake, I think, but that's the way things are now, and so now we're looking at changing the rules to tax returns at some point. I hope that doesn't happen because, again, most of those are used for gotcha questions. They have nothing to do with service. But, you know, I, I hope we can talk about that some, but please know these two nominees, or this nominee and the one we'll deal with tomorrow, we've dealt with exactly the same way we've dealt on this committee for 10 years. And just because we were so overly helpful to the Obama administration and getting nominees out doesn't mean I want to be unhelpful or treat our nominees, these nominees who are coming in in a different fashion. So I'd just like to get that straight. And what Mr. Tillerson said, Tillerson said was he'd be glad to provide tax information regarding the three years. But the kind of questions that have been asked, I, I, I will accommodate some additional questions being asked, but asking about cutting horses on his ranch 
is a ridiculous question. So I don't know what's happened all of a sudden in this committee where, where we're asking silly, 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 ridiculous elementary questions that have nothing to do with somebody serving as Secretary of State. But I'm willing to accommodate some of that with that, Senator Menendez. Mr. Chairman, I must interrupt just for one moment. I must in that. We have accommodated at the first available times the hearings and the voting sessions, et cetera. As I think the chairman is aware, we could have demanded the five, five days before a nominee could be considered, which means Mr. Tillerson could not be considered yet. So I just really yeah, want to first acknowledge that. Secondly, I assure you that the questions that I'm asking are not silly questions, but, but let me go beyond that. I don't think it's up to either the chairman or the ranking member to take away the prerogative of any member of and this nobody committee has. to nobody ask has. the questions that That's they fine. want to ask. That has been yeah. a history. If you go back to the record of this committee, each member has the right to ask the questions they want to ask. And, they, and, and we're going to accommodate the answering of those questions to the extent we can, and, and we always have, and had three rounds of questions here. With that, actually, is there any Republican that needs to speak? That's the order we'd be going in. Uh, Senator Menendez. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, just a quick, uh, I think Senator Cardin's remarks were that we were looking to do this prospectively so that there is no issue of looking at it as it relates to these nominees and that being unfair. I do think that when you have very large holdings that can affect your judgment if you are in the position uh, in Futuro that it is of importance uh, to this committee and to the Senate to, to know that and to use it as an additional judgment. So I'm totally in favor. As a matter of fact, the reason the, the rules actually preview and ask the question, are you willing to submit information, must be because that's a predicate to when there is a necessity to call upon for the information. So uh, I hope we can do that prospectively. Uh, so this way it's not a question of, it does not seen as a partisan view. But let me go to Mr. Tillerson's, uh, and, and I will be concise, but I do want to say a few things. First of all, after considering his nomination to be Secretary of State, I will be casting my vote against him uh, today. For the 11 years that I have served on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, I have taken the role of advice and consent of State Department nominees seriously and while considering hundreds of nominations for both Democratic and Republican administrations, even where I disagreed with the nominees' views, especially when they were just espousing the views of an administration, I have often supported them if the other qualifications of the position I considered important were met. I respect Mr. Tillerson's experience and willingness to serve his country, but after our private meeting and lengthy public confirmation process, I remain deeply troubled by a number of Mr. Tillerson's responses and beliefs. I am not convinced that Mr. Tillerson shares a worldview that the United States foreign policy must be rooted in the values that strengthen us as a nation, championing democracy, upholding the rule of law, protecting human rights. And as I said during his hearing, business deal-making is not diplomacy. And I remain doubtful that Mr. Tillerson would fully embrace a wide-ranging policy to strengthen our alliances and forcefully uh, confront our adversaries. It is not the type of moral clarity I would have liked to have heard him espouse. Additionally, I believe Mr. Tillerson was not entirely forthcoming in his response to my questions about both his personal and ExxonMobil's lobbying against sanctions, one of the most powerful tools in our arsenal of peaceful diplomatic levers, and many of which I have personally written. If I am charged with the responsibility to advise and consent, if I am to vote affirmatively for a nominee, I need honest and transparent answers. I simply do not feel I got them from Mr. Tillerson on these questions. Finally, as I said at a hearing, uh, at a time when Russia's continuing aggression around the world and interference in our election must be at the top of America's diplomatic agenda and our chief concern to our Secretary of State it is incredibly troublesome that Mr. Tillerson and President Trump had not even discussed the specifics of their Russia policy. I don't know how you choose to accept the position of Secretary of State when you don't have a global discussion, and if you did have a discussion, you don't even talk about Russia uh, between what is happening in Ukraine, Aleppo, 
uh, and in our own elections. So I believe Mr. Tillerson proved he lacks the, the sufficient knowledge or regard for the norms and necessities that so much of our modern diplomatic and security efforts depend upon. And I believe the American people deserve a chief diplomat to fully advocate for the interests and national security of all. I just did not get that from the process uh, of uh, this confirmation, and so therefore I will be voting no. I think, Markey, one of I think Senator Markey was the only one. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And, and I just want to uh, follow up on what Senator Cardin uh, made reference to. Um, in my repeated questioning of Mr. Tillerson with regard to his holdings um, on ExxonMobil, uh, not personally, but the holdings of ExxonMobil inside of the country of Russia. He refused to commit to recusing himself from all matters related to ExxonMobil for the duration of the time that he would be Secretary of State. At the time at which Mr. Tillerson took over as CEO of ExxonMobil, they had very small holdings in Russia. Today, ExxonMobil holds an area that is the size of Wyoming for drilling purposes inside of Russia. That is, for my purpose, a fundamental conflict of interest. I would feel a lot more comfortable if Mr. Tillerson would agree to recuse himself from any matter related to ExxonMobil for the duration of his time as Secretary of State. He has refused to do so. During his time as CEO uh, of ExxonMobil, uh, the company opposed the sanctions uh, uh, on Russia that would hamper the business activity of ExxonMobil inside of that country. So I just think it's fundamental uh, that Mr. Tillerson just recuse himself from any of those issues because the American people have a right to know that it's their interests and not ExxonMobil's interests uh, that are going to be advanced by these huge decisions which are going to be made over the next several years uh, at the State Department and in the White House. Uh, and for that reason, uh, I cast, uh, I will cast a no vote on his uh, nomination. Thank you, and I'm, I'm more than glad to stay here and, and keep the meeting open for other comments as a courtesy to members who have other business. Um, the motion before us, um, I'll ask a roll call vote for Rex Tillerson to be Secretary of State. The vote will be to report the nomination favorably um, if the clerk will call the roll. And, and Mr. Chairman, so I understand, I will be casting some proxy votes, but the members, when they come That's here, right. will be able to replace That's the proxy. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll keep it open, let's say, instead of 515 to 530. If possible, I, I would ask, particularly in Senator Murphy's case, that he be, if he's here later tonight, they'd be able to replace his vote uh, to be in person, if that would be possible. We will attempt to figure out a way to accommodate that short of me sitting here till 8 o'clock okay. by myself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you all very much for cooperating in this manner. Um, if the clerk will call the roll. Aye. Mr. Yes. Mr. Johnson. Aye. Mr. Clay. Aye. Mr. Gardner. Aye. Mr. Young. Aye. Mr. Barraza. Aye. Mr. Isaacson. Portman. He'll be here shortly. Paul. He'll be back shortly. No. No. by proxy. No by proxy. No by proxy. Aye. So now we're going to hold. And it I'm open. just asking yeah. consent that the that the, the, the roll call be held open. And we'll, uh, as members, uh, if members do come in and want to vote in the middle, we'll we'll stop the speaking to allow them to do so. Uh, thank you. It's a a little bit of a departure than, than uh, vote count than 
things have been in the past and, and uh, on nominations like this, but I certainly respect uh, everyone's uh, ability to cast votes in the manner they wish. Does anyone uh, wish now to speak? Senator Rubio. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, let me begin by, by saying that I believe that all presidents, especially a new one, are entitled to a significant amount of deference on their cabinet appointments. I think this is a tradition that's evidenced by the fact that I believe in the 240-year history of the Republic, we've only had nine cabinet nominees uh, that have been voted down by the full Senate. But I also want to add that given how much uncertainty currently exists regarding the future direction of our nation's foreign policy, this nomination deserved a higher level of scrutiny than tradition otherwise would indicate, and that is in the spirit in which I entered into these deliberations. Um, as you've already said that Mr. Tillerson testified for over eight hours, I spent about four or five weeks prior to this hearing uh, researching and preparing for it. I've had the opportunity to have two extensive conversations with him. He's also responded to over 100 written questions, and for the record, none were about horses. Um, and, Thank and, you for that. But, uh, and a couple things I would say. The first is on the fundamental question of whether he's qualified to be Secretary of State. I believe that he is. He has a proven record of managing a large and complex organization, and he has extensive experience in international commerce. The one I struggled with was uh, I strongly believe that our foreign policy is at its best and at its most effective when it's grounded in the moral principles and values at the core of our nation's birth, the defense of the God-given rights of all people to life and to liberty and to pursue happiness. And so for me, this wasn't simply a focus on Russia, which gets all the attention, although it was certainly a factor in it. My fundamental concern that I grappled with is that in the face of, of these calls that we have to move our foreign policy into the direction of what I believe is a sort of hyper-realism, my concern was that Mr. Tillerson would be an advocate for and would pursue a foreign policy of deal-making at the expense of traditional alliances and at the expense of the defense of human rights and of democracy. I want to say for the record that in my interactions with him and with the new administration, they exhibited a high level of professionalism and responsiveness, and, and, I, and I think that is important to point out. And that I was pleased on a number of fronts, both with his answers and some with his clarifications. There are other fronts, however, other questions where I remain troubled. And I found it necessary to balance the answers that I was troubled by with at least four separate factors. The first, of course, is this track record of leadership that I've outlined. The second uh, was things like his support of NATO, his recognition that uh, Russia's claims on Crimea are illegitimate, his commitment to the Asia-Pacific defense uh, commitments that we have, his answers on Cuba, uh, a particular concern to some of us, and, and his, uh, his support of defensive armaments for Ukraine. I also balance it with a belief, as I've already stated, that the President deserves the chance to succeed and therefore should be given significant deference in choosing cabinet officials. And one additional point, uh, which I think really came to light over the last 72 hours and, or a week for me, is the fact that given the extraordinary amount of uncertainty and anxiety that exists, both here at home and abroad, about the direction of our nation's foreign policy, I concluded that it would not be good for our country to unnecessarily delay or create unwarranted political controversy over this particular nomination. And, and, I, want to, and I said this to you earlier, Mr. Mr. Chairman, and, uh, and, and you were, uh, I think, in agreement that as this committee moves forward with other appointments to, to critical posts in the Department of State, they will not be entitled uh, nor receive from me the same level of deference uh, that I've applied in this particular case. And so that's why on this nomination, I have voted today to confirm Mr. Tillerson, and we'll do again in the full Senate. But as I informed him today in our conversation, I stand ready to help him succeed. I hope he does become the best Secretary of State our nation's ever had. But I also intend to hold him and more broadly the Department of State accountable on the issues that I have stated here today and that I remain concerned about. So I thank you, Mr. Chairman. Well, I thank you, and I appreciated the call this morning and the thoughtfulness that went into making the decision, and I heard loud and clear that uh, for other positions that where you feel there's uh, maybe a lack of clarity on these issues, um, you might not be quite as uh, uh, forgiving, if you will. Uh, Mr. Chairman. Senator Shaheen. Um, I have a statement that I would like to submit for the record, but I also have a few comments that I would like to make. I, I think one of the things, I, I appreciate the concern you're raising about 
the polarization on the committee about this nominee. Yeah. And for me, one of the things that made that so hard was the fact that um, Rex Tillerson, unlike previous secretaries of state in my memory, whether it's um, Hillary Clinton or John Kerry or Jim Baker, Madeleine Albright, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, they all have a record in the public domain mm -hmm. of positions they have taken and um, actions they have made on behalf of foreign policy issues that I could go to and say, this is how I think they might react in a given situation. We didn't have that with Mr. Tillerson. And for me, that was one of the difficult things in trying to evaluate the kind of leader that I thought he would be. And you know, I have to say, after my meeting with him, I was inclined to um, view his nomination favorably. Mm -hmm. But I was very troubled by many of his responses in the hearing. Mm -hmm. um, I was reassured by what he had to say about NATO and international institutions, but very troubled, as Senator Rubio just commented, about his responses on human rights abuses and on his unwillingness to acknowledge that it's important for us to sanction Russia. And I know the view of this committee is that we need to take strong action against Russia when they violate international norms. And so I hope that he and the administration hear that loud and clear. Um, I appreciated his support for women's economic empowerment and hope that as an engineer, he will look at the data when it comes to providing support for women's programs and particularly for things like family planning, which we know has um, a very significant impact in improving the lives of women and families and communities. Um, I, I was concerned, as Senator Markey said, about his uh, lack of forthrightness, as I saw it, on Exxon's dealings around lobbying and sanctions, and also um, his unwillingness to commit clearly on the importance of acting to address climate change. So there were some other issues that my remarks will, my written remarks address, but in the end, um, I just had too many concerns and questions about the kind of leadership he would provide at the State Department to feel comfortable with voting for him. Now, that said, I hope he's successful because it's in all of our interests that um, our diplomatic efforts, our foreign um, policy is successful and that this country is successful. So I hope to work closely with him and with the State Department as we have um, since I've been on this committee and I look forward to doing that um, and hope that he will prove me wrong in some of my concerns. Thank you. Well, thank you, and I know y'all had a good meeting and, and uh, had talked with you a little bit about that and him. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Tillerson is an engineer, um, and I think he uh, probably doesn't know the person he's getting ready to work for very well. And uh, matter of fact, they, I would guess they probably spent under a couple of hours together, and sometimes people are a little... Uh, a little uh, reticent to get out over their skis, if you will, when they don't really know the person that they're getting ready to work for. But I know you had a very good private meeting, as did I, and I think most people on the committee. With that, do you want to record your vote? Mr. Chairman, I'd like to be recorded as a yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for coming back. Anyone else uh, over here would like to make any comments? Over here, Senator, Senator Markley. Well, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to... Uh, uh echo some of the thoughts my colleagues have expressed, that there were a series of, of positions that came up in the hearing that, that bothered me a, a great deal. Certainly uh, Enron's background in lobbying against the sanctions on Russia was one of them. Exxon. But an, another, Exxon. I'm sorry, Exxon, not Enron. Uh, thank you. Um, also very concerned about the subsidiary that uh, Exxon set up to bypass our sanctions on Iran. We need a Secretary of State who is clear about the role of U.S. foreign policy. And um, when I asked him how he would respond if other companies did that, when he was leading the secret as Secretary of State, he didn't give a clear answer 
that he would work to have those companies uh, abide and support the, the, the causes that uh, American policymakers were pursuing with those sanctions. I'm also concerned about the statements and how he responded to the, the questions about the extrajudicial killings in the Philippines, uh, his um, company's uh, payments to the personal family of president or dictator for life in Equatorial Guinea, and his response to Russia's actions in Syria and the bombing of Aleppo. And, and all of these things added up, I thought, to uh, representing answers that you might expect from someone wearing their company hat, but not someone setting forth a moral compass for American leadership in the world. And that is the foundation on, on which I opposed him. Thank you. Thank you. If I could, I, I, uh, I'm not taking anyone to raves here, but I think the, the question about the sanctions was not about I think what he tried to clarify is he didn't lobby against sanctions. He lobbied to try to make the equivalency between what we were doing here in the United States and what was happening in Europe uh, to be uh, more synchronized because the European companies uh, had advantages based on the way the sanctions were put in place because they were grandfathered in as far as their activities, whereas that was not the case with the U.S. sanctions. So I think. That was a clarification that I think he, he tried to make over and over in the committee. Um, anyone else wishing to? Senator Coons. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, this was not a decision I made lightly. Uh, I have uh, come to uh, respect Mr. Tillerson's uh, significant experience uh, and broad uh, role in business leadership uh, over a lengthy public hearing and two very constructive private meetings, and I concluded he was a thoughtful and seasoned uh, professional whose impressive business experience would actually serve him well um, in this role. Uh, I was encouraged by a number of his public stances, as uh, some of my colleagues have said, uh, his support for the NATO alliance, his respect for our leadership in multilateral initiatives, and in particular, in my case, his support for development programs, especially in Africa. Uh, but as I've remarked uh, both uh, publicly and to him, the transition from being CEO of Exxon to Secretary of State, given he has no previous public record, um, is a significant leap, uh, and one uh, where I have heard overwhelming input from my constituents about their view of his potentially troubling ties to Vladimir Putin and to Russia, given uh, how pressing that issue is for us in our foreign policy right now. Um, his views do differ from mine in a few significant ways. I do view climate change as a pressing national security threat, and I do think that some of our core values in human rights, uh, free press and promotion of democracy um, need to be advanced at the same time that we work for our security uh, and our economic interests, that our values and our interests are best when advanced together. Um, and I came very close to voting for Mr. Tillerson because of the constructive role I believe he could play. Um, but I frankly, in listening to the inaugural address of President Trump, um, concluded that uh, American leadership on the world stage is not as simple as America first, uh, and um, that uh, I was even more concerned about a number of um, alarming things uh, that the President said as a candidate on a whole range of issues, uh, from human rights to NATO to climate change uh, to Russia. Uh, and it is, it is my deep hope that Mr. Tillerson, uh, as Secretary, will challenge uh, President Trump to rethink uh, his isolationist and dark view of the world, uh, and to instead pursue a foreign policy that upholds our values and advances our interests. And if he is successful in that undertaking, uh, I look forward to working closely with him and to um, recognizing the significant transition he's made and congratulating and thanking him on that. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Um, again, I appreciated those comments. I know we had a nice conversation about this on Friday. I, I think to hold any nominee uh, responsible for what the president-elect or the president now says is, I mean, to me, uh, what we were looking for in a secretary of state is the person who's going to be up under the hood giving advice to the president. And at the end of the day, every person is going to have to carry out Nikki Haley, carry out the president's president's policies. 
But <laughs> what I thought we were looking for in a Secretary of State is someone who was going to be up under the hood advising the president in, in a way that we thought would be good for our country, not to measure them against comments at an inaugural address or comments during a campaign. And I do think it's unfortunate, um, and I, this is an observation, that what's happened here is this has really in some ways turned out to be a proxy on people's feeling about our president, not necessarily a proxy or a vote on the person who's actually coming in as Secretary of State. And to me, uh, Mr. Tillerson is an adult who's been around and uh, while certainly doesn't know some of the political things that we know and haven't been sitting through hearings for 10 years, I do think he's a person that can be a very good anchor on the things that we care about. And that was what I measured him by, not by comments made during a campaign, not by comments made at inaugural address. I don't think any of us could possibly hold nominees responsible for what someone else says if we happen to disagree with that. So I looked at it in a different way, as I've said during the opening comments, but it's very evident to me that in some cases here on the committee, um, it's really turned out to be a proxy on the election itself, and, and it's disappointing. But Chairman, that's what's happened. If I could respond just very briefly on that. I don't think that's the case at all. I think what has been said is that, you know, Mr. Trump's our president. We want him to succeed. He can't possibly manage every part of government, and his cabinet appointments are critically important to this country. They have a great deal of discretion in the way they operate their agencies. The advice and consent role of the Congress, of the Senate, is critically important to make sure that these individuals are qualified for the positions they're taking, but also give us an opportunity and the American people, quite frankly, to understand the passion and commitment of these individuals to the roles that they are taking. We have seen over and over again on the nominees that Mr. Trump has made that they have taken positions that are different than candidate Trump took. We've seen that with General Mattis, now the Secretary of Defense, when he talked about the NATO alliance. He came out very strongly in support of the NATO alliance, quite differently than President Trump did as candidate Trump. And that's, I think General Mattis was being just straightforward as to his beliefs, and that's one of the reasons why he received almost unanimous support by the United States Senate to be confirmed as Secretary of Defense. We saw in Mr. Tillerson's case, and I really want to underscore this, I think he's a good person. I think he's well qualified from the point of view of his business experience and his negotiating skills. But what I think troubled many of us is that when you look at the fundamental responsibility for Secretary of State to promote American values, and you contrast that to some of the other nominees and the comments that they were prepared to make about their passion. Uh, I already mentioned uh, the the point in regards to war crimes, which is something that's pretty sensitive to many of us here, particularly when we've seen what's happened in Aleppo, thanks to Russian support. Or we see what's, what's happening in the Philippines with extrajudicial killings. Or we saw the response to the question on a national registry. When we asked him whether he, how he felt about Muslim Americans being registered, and he gave a more generic response. He didn't just say that there would be wrong to have any type of registry in this country for any group of ethnic or religion Americans. That's a, it's important to the values of our country. He didn't express that. Or when the question was asked, I forgot who asked it, asked about the LGBT community. And he couldn't respond on that specific, because I'm against any form of discrimination. What, you know, okay. That's a, but, but you need to have a view that when you're going to be Secretary of State, the world is looking upon you for leadership on these issues. So it's not so much to, that he's that we don't want to get ahead of this, uh, this uh, get in front of our, the heads of our skis. That's, that was not the issue, because we understand that Don, Mr. Trump will be and is the leader on all these issues. We understand that. 
But we wanted to know what the Secretary of State, our future Secretary of State, felt passionate on these issues. And I, I'm going to agree with Senator Shaheen. It is very likely that Mr. Tillerson will be confirmed uh, to be Secretary of State. With the vote in this committee, I think we, we, most of us can do our counting, and we expect that he will be confirmed. And I can assure you, Mr. Chairman, this committee will play an important role, and every member of this committee will play an important role. And we want him to succeed as Secretary of State. We want him to promote the values. I was listening very carefully to Senator Rubio's comments. And I share so much of his passion on the human rights issues. So it's going to be important that we all work together to make this country continue to be the leader globally on these issues. And we will do everything we can to make sure that we have a successful administration and a successful Secretary of State on these issues. And we will work with them. But I think it's our responsibility to point out not only to our constituents, but to the American people, that there was disappointment in the manner in which Mr. Tillerson responded to these questions, although they may have been consistent with President Trump. That was not our issue. It was not our issue as to whether we are trying to be a proxy for President Trump. It's not at all that. It's not at all. I'm, I, I intend to vote for, uh, for several of, of President Trump's nominees for confirmation. I'm going to be voting against other of his nominees. I've already announced my opposition to others. So it's that independent judgment I'm making about the individual who's going to head that department, be in the room with the president, as to whether I think that person will speak out for the values of this country in a way that will be effective in making America move forward in the right direction. Very good. Um, I'm trying to this is me that's listening, you know. So um, what... Uh, what I think I'll do is uh, I'll keep the committee open until about 525. I think uh, Portman will be in at that time. We'll recess, and then so that Senator Murphy can record his I vote. I Senator Booker and Senator Payne. Okay, so what we'll do is reconvene at uh, maybe 7 o'clock for five minutes, uh, bang it in to let them vote in person during that time. Uh, with that, uh, without objection, we're in recess. Excuse me. Uh, we're not in recess. I'll wait for Portman for five minutes, and then we'll be in recess until 7 o'clock. How about a four No, not yet. I was asking You are welcome to talk to each other. It's always good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Not I was uh, I was referring to talking to each other. You can, if you want to talk to the camera, you can do that outside in the hallway. No, thank you. Yeah, that, yeah, thank you. Thank you. We we appreciate the liberties that you just took, and if you'll take the liberty of uh, just talking amongst yourselves, you're welcome to do that. And if you take advantage of it, I'll ask the police officers to escort you out. And I hate to do that as much as I love seeing you here so often. Thank you. How the hell are you? You want your mic on? Yeah.
If, if y'all would, please. Yeah, I, I will ask the officer to escort you out, or you can talk quietly and whisper with each other. Please. We, we, we show tremendous concern. If you would, ma'am, if you would escort her out, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. I'll just make one request. The, the committee is still in session. We're not out of session yet. So that's the reason why we have to ask you. Yes, yeah, school teachers get out of line sometimes. Thank you for being here. We appreciate the role that you play in our democracy very much, and I always enjoy talking to you in the hallways. Thank you. Well, then you get the front row seat right what? here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
prefer to leave the room. That's right. Please don't take her prison or anything. Okay. Thank you. Gentlemen, are we uh, are we good out there? Are we clear on what the message was? Okay, thank you.
Mr. Portman, sir, it's good to see you. We've had a rigorous discussion. How would you like to vote on Mr. Tillerson? Mr. Chairman, I, I thank you for your patience. I apologize because of uh, whether my flight was delayed. Uh, but as you know, I, I believe uh, presidents ought to be given deference in their team and uh, given the benefit of the doubt. Um, and in my discussions with Mr. Tillerson and in our public hearing, as you know, I asked him a number of questions, including questions about NATO and Article 5, uh, and also about Ukraine. And uh, I was impressed with his comment that he would support providing defensive lethal weapons to the people of Ukraine so they can defend themselves, which is a change in policy, as you know. Uh, I was also impressed with what he said about NATO and his uh, commitment to not just supporting NATO, but uh, not threatening to revoke uh, U.S. support for Article 5 uh, based on uh, funding considerations. Uh, he said it was unconditional. And he also, uh, in response to my questions about um, Israel and our relationship there, talked about the need for us to push back against uh, the kinds of boycotts and uh, divestment and sanctions legislation that Senator Cardin and I have uh, fought against in our uh, legislative efforts. And uh, with all those taken into account, uh, I've decided to vote yes on this nomination. Um, I do believe that Mr. Tillerson's extensive business uh, relationships around the world can be a positive thing for our country. Um, again, my, my concern going into this was some of the issues that I raised a moment ago to see you know, where he stood, because I think those relationships and that ability to, uh, to influence uh, our, our national security uh, uh, can be uh, uh, very helpful. Or those relationships could be used in, in, in a way that would not uh, promote our national security. And based on those answers to the questions, I'm, I'm pleased to vote aye today. Thank you so much, and thanks for making an extra effort to be here today. We appreciate it. Thank you again yes, for sir. your indulgence and your patience. Thank you, sir. Voting. I'm not giving a speech. Absolutely. The illustrious Senator Kane has arrived and uh, would like to record his vote, and you're welcome to do anything else you'd like to do at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for holding the vote open. And I put out a statement last week. I'm going to vote no and just rely on that statement. Thank you. Thank right. you so much. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Mm -hmm. So Senator Kane will we'll change his vote from proxy no to no. Just some. And Mr. Chairman, as, as you know, uh, Senator Booker and Senator Murphy are both uh, delayed because of weather problems, uh, not only on the flight, but I've been told that also the train has also been delayed. Uh, they've asked that we do not delay the, the proceedings further. If they were here personally, they would have voted in person, no. But I think we can close out the vote. 
Thank you, and thank all of you for your cooperation. And uh, I look forward to processing this on the floor. And I guess we have a markup tomorrow for uh, from back. You want to get it? We have a meeting to uh, a business meeting tomorrow, Nikki Haley, but with the clerk report. Yeas are 11, noes are 10. Uh, recommendation uh, passes. He'll move to the floor, and I thank everybody for their cooperation. We have a vote tomorrow. Or we have a business meeting tomorrow at noon, I believe right. it is. Uh, one of our members will be uh, ranking on a, a small business committee, so she will get to our committee at some point, just ask some considerations. We'll do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. We're adjourned. Thank you.